Good morning, I'm Derek Fuldebrandt, publisher of the Western Standard, and you're watching a special edition, an extra special edition of the Alberta Report. We're going to be talking about the big leadership debate last night between UCP leader Danielle Smith and New Democratic Party leader Rachel Notley. Always think it's weird, though, how we call it the New Democratic Party, because it's a party from the 60s and is actually the older, the oldest of parties in Alberta. Joined, as usual, by Western Standard Opinion Editor Nigel Hannaford. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. And Western Standard News Editor Dave Naylor. Hello. I'm wearing debate blue, as you can see. I, I looked at Rachel Notley and Danielle Smith, and I thought, well, the blue team wins. Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, any thoughts? I mean, like, uh, it raised a couple eyebrows. They're both dressed so similarly, both wearing conservative blue. Should we read anything into that? I know you're, you're not a fashion consultant here, but no, should we read I, anything I, into it? No, I need to talk to my wife about that. But it just, just occurred to me that within the last two weeks, one of our columnists had pointed out that um, Rachel Notley can't win with just the left in Alberta. She is positioning herself as kind of a centrist in the mold of Jim Prentice. He made that specific uh, specific reference. Jim Prentice raised even more taxes than she did. Well, then she probably looks to him with admiration. So mm -hmm. this, was that a little signal there that I'm actually much, I'm not a bread, I'm not a commie. I have commies in my party if that's what you want, but I, I myself am a, a trustworthy middle of the road conservatively small c minded unlike daniel smith the um you know who who was so far out on the yeah. on the right i think there might have been a Should message kind of telegraph yes conservatives can vote for subliminal okay. stuff uh, before we get too far in it though i want to thank my favorite sponsor the canadian shooting sports association i've been a member of the cssa for more than a decade because i trust them as canada's leading firearms owner rights organization in canada uh, if you are a gun owner in Canada, you know that your rights are under constant attack by the federal government trying to take away your property. So if you're a member, uh, if you're a gun owner in Canada, you need to become a member of the CSSA. Go to CSSA-CILA.org or do what I do, Google them and click on membership, join today. Okay, so I guess the big thing, we're going we're gonna to kind of parse the debate apart here. But who won? I guess I'll actually, uh, actually, no, before we get to who won, Let's talk expectations. What were the expectations of the parties and of voters in general and swing voters in particular of the two leaders? Dave, what do you think uh, those voters' expectations were, especially the, the undecideds and swing voters? Well, I, I think after listening to the NDP the last month, the, the undecided voters were tuning in to see uh, a bozo eruption from Danielle Smith. Uh, and she didn't. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't think anybody was surprised by uh, uh, what the NDP or what Miss Notley, her tactics were. It was just attacking uh, Smith's character. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're going to get right into to winners and losers, uh, I don't think there was a winner. But except Danielle Smith, because she didn't lose. Uh, she kept her cool. There were no bozo eruptions. Uh, I thought her closing uh, speech there, her closing statement was brilliant. Uh, the uh, party, if they were smart, would just cut that out and put that on ads uh, on TV and radio for the next uh, uh, couple of weeks. So Daniel Smith won by not losing. Uh, Nigel, I remember back in 2000, the 2015 federal election mm -hmm. and Corey Tanaika, conservative strategist, 
uh, kind of famously said, uh, you know, he'll be impressed if Justin Trudeau can show up to the debate with his pants on. Essentially saying, like, the expectations were so low. You know, the conservatives had run him as just a pretty boy you know, who couldn't string a sentence together. And he showed up to the leaders debate in 2015. Didn't do particularly well, but he had his pants on. And he could string a sentence together. And as such, massively exceeded expectations of voters who had been, uh, I think, primed to expect some bumbling moron. And yeah, many people will still think he is a bumbling moron, but he was able to show up with a, and make a, a reasonable presentation here. Similarly, I, I think the NDP have been priming voters to expect Danielle Smith to show up to the debate like the Tasmanian devil drooling at the mouth, uh, totally unhinged. And as such, set the bar very low. And uh, Danielle Smith going into this, I think, just had to appear rational, calm, and collected. Uh, I think by any measure, she probably exceeded those low expectations set by the NDP then. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for bringing up the 2015 election. I'm still in counseling over that. Now, uh, with respect to expectations, there is one group of undecided voters. And they are people who habitually vote Progressive Conservative, UCP, they're on that side of the spectrum. But they were not sure about Daniel Smith. I, I get the feedback from several sources that I can't bring myself to vote for Rachel Motley, but I don't like Smith. All right. What does a person like that expect out of the debate, and what do they actually get? You would have to have been a perversely anti-Smith person to watch that debate last night and not come out thinking, oh, okay, she isn't the Tasmanian devil that I, that I thought she might be. She actually is gracious. She was the subject of some fairly pointed, if not actually vicious uh, questioning. And she handled it all with a smile and with a, with a straight answer. I mean, it's all politics, so your answers are, are messages. But she wasn't an awful person. So those people should, should have seen that and thought, okay, I can vote for this person. That is, that is the win that I think Dave was talking about there. Not a huge lift, but one that is, uh, is going to be very significant in a number of key, er key constituencies in Calgary. So let's move to... Who won? Uh, I think it's very fair to say. I, I don't think anybody who watched that debate is arguing that there was a big decisive moment, no. the knockout blow. I mean, any kid going through high school, grade ten social studies, they're going to open and uh, see the fam, you know, the uh, Brian Mulroney, John Turner, nineteen eighty-eight, uh, or no, no uh, nineteen eighty-four, uh, mm -hmm. knockout blow where. You had a choice to say no to the old ways and title the Liberal Party. You could have said no. Yeah, you had a choice. Uh, there was nothing <laughs> approaching that. Uh, in fact, you know, we're, we're thinking this morning, okay, what are some of the highlights we could put on a highlight reel here? And we're like, not much. Uh, it was just more of a tempo throughout the thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, I Notley was feistier, I think. Uh, but not. Uh, one thing I noticed was, Notley would call Smith by name, say, you, you. And Danielle Smith, I don't think once even looked 
at Rachel Notley. I don't think she, she barely acknowledged she was in the room with her. And she looked at the camera and said, Miss um, Notley or the NDP. She never said you and looked at her and engaged with her directly. Uh, so, you know, shots fired from both sides, but no knockouts. Uh, Nigel, did anyone win though? Well, it depends which, uh, yeah, of course, they both both won according to their uh, supporters because there wasn't the kind of dramatic torpedo in the middle of the side of the ship and the thing fell over and sank. You know, nobody tripped over the over the microphones or, or uh, the furniture. If you are a Smith fan, Smith won. If you are a Notley fan, well, my word, she stuck it to Smith last night, didn't she? She was giving it. So... But I come back to what, what Dave said earlier, that Smith didn't lose. She is the premier. She can afford to be magnanimous, gracious, answer the questions, not lose her cool. The only way forward for Notley in that debate was to be aggressive. She was, and to be honest, it didn't work. It didn't look good on her. And let, let's remember that Notley was given a gift the ethics commissioner report the, the, same, the, the yeah. same morning mm -hmm. that came out that found uh, Premier Smith had violated the uh, the Conflict of Interest Act by asking some legal advice from her justice minister. So that was a gift that was awesome. It was Christmas Day for, for Rachel Notley. And, you know, she used it, came right out near the top. You broke the law. You broke the law. Nobody mm -hmm. can trust you. And, you know, uh, uh, Smith handled it like she should have. She'd, you know, she'd already apologized in the morning and said, you know, well, you know, what's a girl to do if she needs legal advice? Talk to the justice minister. Uh, so, yeah, and she handled that well. And, you know, she even said, uh, you know, during the debate last night that, you know, she had made a mistake. And she said a couple of times, including in her uh, her final statement, that she's not perfect. Yeah, a little bit of humility. There yeah, well humility does work very well. Uh, you know, I'm not perfect, but I will do my best. And uh, I think that's all uh, anybody can ask for. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think Smith got the upper hand of it, but uh, definitely didn't, tr you know, knock Notley down. No big decisive moment, but I, I think just because uh, it was just the expectations game, and because of that, she won. I think she came across, you know, she smiled, and, and it didn't look like a pasted-on smile. It was, for the most part, it looked pretty, you know, fairly genuine smile. Uh, pretty genuine Daniel Smith, actually. Yeah. But it, it was, she kind of yeah. had a happy warrior look mm -hmm. about herself. I mean, it was pretty boring stuff. I mean, mo both of them were just, you could tell, neither of them are catering to their bases right now. It's all about like 15% in the middle and those people and those people only. They're both bragging about how much money they spend and uh, you know how much more they grow government. It was very much pleading for those, for those swing voters. Uh, but, but the fact that Danielle Smith came across as reasonable and friendly yeah. I think she she had a default win going into it. If Danielle Smith could do, mm -hmm. could perform reasonably, she had a default win. So Smith got a win by default. Notley, for Notley to win, she needed to like pull out the chair and come over the ropes and beat the hell out of Smith. She needed to knock her out in order to win. Uh, that just didn't happen. And you know, one I, I don't think that Notley's habit of repeating things that are clearly not true or relevant is helping her. Like there's- Oh, let's be trouble. fair. All 
politicians do that. Well, I they, mean, like, not these no, no, a lot, but, but let's mean, be fair. They all do they it to do an it, extent. But it's not working because people actually don't believe that Danielle Smith has a secret plan to charge you a hundred bucks every time you go to visit the doctor or whatever the number is that the NDP is pitching out of there. People just don't believe that. She may have speculated about it when she was on the radio, but as she said, that was then. Well, the people are now. She actually boss. wrote a whole report about it, and it's a report I agree with. It's, I think it's a good policy. Yeah, well, it's just one that's obviously not going to be very popular with an election, and she's not running on it. But she did more than speculate. She she wrote a whole policy paper on it. Yeah, but, but she's not, as the but, NDP alleges, constantly going to sell hospitals. No, no, and she's not going to charge you. You're not going to have to pay to see a family. And I'm sure Rachel Those Notley probably true. in university wrote papers on, you know, all che sorts Guevara. of good. Yeah, <laughs> Che Guevara. Rachel Notley is not running on, uh, you know, murdering the bourgeoisie and blacks and gays as Che Guevara did. Uh, it's just not what she's running on because that's not what Albertans are interested in. So I got to ask you a question. As a seasoned debate moderator, how did you think the moderators did last night? I thought for my, for my impression, they always, and I don't know if it was just me, but they always seem to let Notley have the last word. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the worst I've seen, and I think it's easier when you have a small number. They had two. Two is is the easiest. Everything after that is company. Uh, so some of it was just an easier job, having two. Uh, I don't think they were terrible, but you're right. Uh, I think you were keeping a rough tally, and Notley was given the last word much more often than Smith was. And, and that's pretty easy to manage. Okay, this question is to Notley. Rebuttal here, rebuttal, rebuttal. And then the next one starts here, and you go back and forth. It's pretty easy to manage that to let it balance out, and, and they didn't let it. They didn't let that happen. Uh, one of the bigger problems, I think, is also just with the way they come up with questioning for these official debates. They're bland. They're on topics that the parties mostly on healthcare. Spoiler: the NDP and the UCP are almost the same. They just promise to manage the status quo better than the other guy. Uh, there's not a lot of differences, which is why when we hosted a UCP leadership debate. We ignored everything they agreed on. We picked questions where we knew they would disagree on. And the, the debate last night, they focused on, they said, well, these are the big issues Albertans care about. But yeah, but fine, the party platforms are, are just different rhetoric on the same issues, but effectively the same policy. Well, so it was, it was not very good. To your point, I mean, one of the, the softball question was, name two things that you agree on. Well, you know, that's-, that's Actually, I liked that one. Did you really? Yeah, I, I, although I, I know it was kind of a poofy thing, but uh, it was probably an unexpected question for the leaders, and it was a chance to show some grace and humility. And on that one, I actually think Notley did better. Notley named two. Now, the first one was not a policy being put forward by Smith. It was something that J her predecessor did, so she was able to praise Jason Kenney. Second one was also something, uh, the, the film tracks credit one, also something that was done under the Kenney government before her... Uh, so she actually wasn't praising anything that Smith did. Smith actually mostly took half of her time to thank Notley for supporting her policies and then vaguely talked about uh, some other stuff. I actually think it was a good question because it spoke more to, to character and grace and humility uh, and not specific policy. I, I actually thought there was value in it. All right. Well, because most of the other questions, own, that were, was, uh, what are you going to do to improve affordability? What are you going to do to make health care good? It was at, at that point that I put down my pen and just watched for a while. So anyway, and at least there were no trombones or uh, sad trombones like the uh, 
the uh, federal, conservatives. federal conservatives and no uh, questions like, hey, what book are you reading now? Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with Derek. I like that. Uh, yeah. that one. I, I, it should have only been one like that, but it was, a, it was more of a character question. I, I thought yeah. it was a nice touch. And certainly the, the only having two candidates, that's got to be the way debates are held. You look at uh, but you look at fair. the federal ones, and it's just a mess. I know, but it, it's a matter of fairness. Like, yeah, it's better with two, but that works in a two-party system. Right yeah. now in Alberta, oh, sure. we're a two-party system. In the United States, they're a two-party system. But uh, if you've got multiple parties with a chance of winning seats, you got to allow them in. I think that's only fair. The problem is it does make for generally a less... So even though the Green Party is only going to win two seats, they get to come in play with the big boys well you've got to set the bar somewhere what is it two seats 10 seats 20 even at 20 seats you have no chance of forming government so i I think just generally it should be does your party have a seat that's the way it goes sometimes the and they get bigger they get smaller in alberta you know we had uh four in the last leaders debate they changed the rules specifically to keep me out there should have been five (laughs) but um but this time we're down to two and I, I think it's just a fair way to do it. And I prefer one-on-one debates, just two candidates. But yeah, we got to be fair. And I think that just goes by, do you have a seat? Um, okay, well, uh, let, let's focus in on Notley. Because uh, I guess we've, a lot of this has been about Smith. Because I, I think she had, uh, Notley had some tactical victories, some little zingers, no big ones that really landed. Smith had the strategic win. Uh, and she won by default, by appearing reasonable <clears throat> and sane and friendly. Uh, but let's talk, let's talk about more about Notley. Uh, what were some of her, uh, we'll start with you, Nigel. What do you think were Notley's big, strong moments that night? Well, I think she started off with a good question uh, to Danielle, saying, why don't you run on what you really believe in? Mm-hmm. That was a... Uh, Given the character of the NDP attack on Smith all this time, as you, you, you said once you would do this, you said you would sell hospitals and so um, Danielle Smith has been for more than 20 years a public commentator. She has put out a lot of ideas. Um, some of them she deeply believes in, some of them she probably put out there to get a discussion going on 7 Some in the water, yeah. But, you know... She has said a lot of things, and there is a consistency in her thought. Like I remember the early days working with her on the editorial board of the Calgary Herald, the kind of discussions we have there. I hear echoes of that, not even now. So it was actually a very fair question mm-hmm. to uh, for Notley to put to Smith. Why don't you run on what you really believe in? The answer, of course, was, um, well, first of all, is why don't you run on your record, which uh, was a good squelch. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, she was just saying, it's, um, here we are. The, the, this is the situation we're in now. So, I, I, I think that was a fair point. I mean, uh, running on what she believes in. I mean, uh, I'd, I'd probably like the UCP and Smith more if she was running on that stuff. But obviously, some of that stuff is just too hardcore for uh, that, you know, those swing voters in the middle that, that are now left to decide the election, you know. Um, how, how well do you think, uh, Dave, N- Smith answered that question? Because she's she's struggled with that question for some time now. Uh, you know, a lot of her ideas that she ran on in the leadership race, 
she hasn't repudiated necessarily, but she's taken from the shop window and kind of put into the warehouse for now. Saying, I will, they're there, but they're, they're not up front. And other things from her time previous to politics, you know, for talking, uh, you know, small user fees and healthcare and stuff like that. And she's just saying, absolutely not, not going to happen. She is not running as Danielle Smith, the radio host. She's not running as Danielle Smith, the Western Standard host. She's not even running as Western, uh, Danielle Smith, the UCP leadership candidate. She's running as Danielle Smith, Premier. Uh, how well do you think Smith addressed those uh, those questions? I think she did okay. Uh, you know, as Nigel said, she's been in the, the media spotlight for 20 years. Uh, who amongst us hasn't said things 20 years ago that you might look back on and and have a bit of a cringe. Oh, we're saying things today. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We'll be looking back at lunchtime and uh, and cringing. But, you know, I think she's come to realize that, if she didn't before, that it's not a dictatorship. As a premier, you have to lead for, for everybody. You have to lead for all your, your caucus. And stuff you may want as an individual is not going to fly uh, as, as the premier because it doesn't have the support of, uh, uh, you know, of the population or the, uh, or the caucus. So I think she's come to realize that now, and, uh, and, and that's the reason you see uh, uh, the, change, the change of views in some cases. I think the exact words were, these days I work for the people of Alberta, they're my boss. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, it's not about her anymore, it's about the people. I, I think that was really the first time I've heard her make any kind of a response to, that it's approach that's approaching adequate so far you know when she's asked by media under pressure from notley she just kind of doesn't didn't directly answer the question well you you said this for you know and say user fees and you're saying this now uh what's changed and she's just said well i'm not going to do that and she wouldn't explain why that is and we, we, we've talked about this and it's fair to say you know hey i have beliefs uh but not every belief I have is going to become law because Albertans don't want it. They're just not there. Just as Stephen Harper used to answer questions on abortion. I am personally pro-life, but majority of Canadians uh, are not. And they don't want to go there. And so I'm committing that we're just not going to do anything about it. And enough Canadians said, no, good enough for me. And I think Smith kind of started to approach that kind of uh, answer to it now, which is approaching adequate, I'd say, uh, rather than before, which was just kind of ignoring the question was there. I think she finally, she understood she had to answer that question. All right. Uh, oh, I guess one last thing before we wrap up. A huge change in Rachel, from Rachel Notley last night. After the debate, she decided to start answering Western Standard questions again. Are pigs flying? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know what, why don't we uh, play some video of that? How do you think you did in the debate? Are you uh, claiming victory? Uh, you know what, I am going to let Albertans decide uh, who did best in the debate and who said the things that they cared more about. Uh, I think that's what these debates are for. Okay, so uh, Rachel Notley, uh, since the beginning of the campaign, I will answer uh, all of your questions and all of your follow-ups. Unless you're from the Western Standard, of course. Uh, you know, your, your famous showdown with uh, Notley, where you were so rude and mean to her, uh, just right up in her grill. Wishing her a happy birthday and everything. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you were such a jerk. Uh, but uh, last night, uh, now, but this is, these have always happened at uh, NDP 
kind of curated events where she's surrounded by NDP supporters and a small number of media. Last night, though, there's no NDP supporters there. This is just the debate. She is surrounded by mostly just media. And I, I perhaps uh, I'll start with you, Nigel. Do you think that's why she decided to answer questions from the Western Standard last night, that she didn't kind of have the mob, NDP mob with her, and she does feel a little bit embarrassed around the, the entire press gallery to not be do, taking questions from an accredited outlet? Well, there's a couple of things going on there. In her mind, she's the future premier of Alberta, and so at some point she's going to have to work it out so that she can talk to all of the press. I mean, it's I'm not, not convinced. Actually. Well, I'm not convinced that she's going to be the premier of Alberta. No, I, I'm but, not convinced uh, that she would ever try to reconcile with the standard. But um, I mean, manifestly, she did last night decide to take the um, to take the question. The other thing that uh, much as we critical of some of our colleagues in what we refer to as the mainstream media. After the incident that you refer to there, there was a considerable amount of support for the idea that uh, well, the Western Standard, whatever you think of them, should be able to ask questions of the uh, of the leader of the opposition. Uh, what's the matter with you, Ms. Notley? Uh, I think maybe she's just decided to move on. I think possible. I think I she was. She didn't recognize Arthur. That's also yeah. a possibility. Oh, she definitely knows who Arthur is. Yeah, and, the, and the accent. I think uh, <laughs> even if she can't see him, she knows his voice. Yeah, I, I think she was probably caught a little bit off guard. And I think it was a question of, you know, did you win the debate? That, it, that she would just look really stupid if she didn't answer. Uh, so uh, so, so she's got, if she, if she doesn't answer, then she's almost admitting that she lost the debate. So, so she, did, she did answer the question. Uh, but apparently Arthur says the look on the press secretary's face uh, you know, head down, eyes closed, probably told more of the story than uh, right. than the answer. It's an in, that's an interesting angle. I hadn't thought about it yet. Just that the question and the question was would have been audibly heard because it wasn't a big rally where you know he might be drowned out because it's in a microphone. This was kind of a scrum. This is a press yeah. scrum, mm -hmm. close quarters. All of the cameras would have picked it up. All of the press would have heard it. And to not answer that question, do you think you won the debate? Would have looked really bad. So I, I suppose there's a couple of theories. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I actually hope it's yours that she's just decided this is a fruitless fight with a standard. Let's move on. We'll just answer their bloody questions and be done with it. I hope that's it. But it could be either. I definitely don't believe the theory, though, that she doesn't uh, know who Arthur is or couldn't recognize his strong, noofy twang. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Dave and Nigel, thank you very much for joining. It was a pleasure. And thank all of you for joining us today. Remember, if you're not yet a member of the Western Standard, go to westernstandard.news, click on membership. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year for unlimited access to all of the Western Standard's bailout free content. Thank you very much for joining us today. God bless. This election, Albertans have a choice between a UCP government that has lowered taxes, balanced the budget, and returned Alberta to its place as the economic powerhouse of Canada. Or we can choose to go backward with the same failed NDP policies that hiked taxes, drove out jobs and investment, and almost bankrupted our province. We can't afford to go back. Tonight, I wanna to talk about a better future for Alberta, where we fix healthcare, lower household costs, and create jobs. This election is about trust, and it's about leadership.
We have to build a, bow, a power grid based on it being reliable and affordable as opposed to based on ideology. We have a federal government that is propped up by the NDP that has put on war on natural gas. Our power grid here is almost 90% natural gas. And yet we have a, a federal government that wants us to be able to be completely abated on natural gas by 2035. That is the commitment that Ms. Notley has signed on to. She a lot of Albertans aren't aware that in the pre-election period, the UCP uh, put a cap on what folks are paying for their electricity just for the last four months. What they don't know is that in fact, come June, they're going to have to pay that back. And that's going to cost about half of Alberta families about $200 million what we know is that there is roughly $16 trillion of international investment floating around out there looking to invest in renewable energy. Well, I know Ms. Notley says she believes in science and she believes in experts, but somehow the experts at the Alberta electric system operator, she wants to discredit. But you notice that she didn't disavow the 2035 uh, target for net zero, even though the Saskatchewan NDP did. Saskatchewan NDP voted with Premier Scott Moe saying it is unachievable. If we want to have a realistic plan, a practical plan, we have to fight back against Ottawa. This uh, this candidate will not. We have to fight back against Ottawa and make sure that we put a target that's reasonable, realistic and achievable. And that's carbon neutrality by 2050. You want to fight with Ottawa. You want to fight with the media. You want to fight, frankly, with your former self. Um, it's actually quite exhausting. Here's what I need Albertans to know. I will always stand up for Alberta. I will always stand up for the interests of Albertans. I did that when I was Premier. I made sure we got a pipeline to Tidewater, the first one in 50 years. I did that standing up against the B.C. government. I did it standing up with a, with a uh, federal government. And that's my record. And that will also be my blueprint. So beyond dollars spent, what are your creative and transformative approaches to restoring confidence in the system for Albertans? And uh, Ms. Smith, we'll let you have the first crack at that question. When I first got elected, I was being told that the AHS system was on the brink of collapse. You had unions saying that we needed to go back to mandates and start masking kids in school. And I said, absolutely not. We are not going back to that. If the problem is AHS, then let's fix AHS. So we talked to doctors and nurses and paramedics on the front line. We listened to them and we implemented their ideas. And guess what? It's working. Hospital wait times are down. EMS response times are down. We have effectively ended red alerts for EMS in both of our major cities. Ambulances in rural are staying in rural and we're reducing surgical wait times. There is a problem. We've put forward a reasonable, practical solution. The answer is to get more Albertans access to a family doctor. By doing that with our costed plan, we can take the pressure off of our emergency rooms, off of our surgical wait times, off of our ambulances, and we can also make sure that nobody ever, ever, ever has to pay to see a family doctor. We have more health professionals today than we did when Ms. Notley left office. 8,500 more, in fact, including 700 more doctors. And in April, our plan to recognize credentials is working. We had 1,400 nurses who are now licensed and able to, to practice in Alberta more than any time in the previous three years. Uh, your numbers around job losses, I think we need to kind of talk a little bit about that, Danielle. Many, many experts have reviewed that and they've said they're absolutely ridiculous. In fact, at the end of our term, 
term. We had, uh, after a, a very difficult recession, we came out about 45,000 jobs ahead. These kinds of policies end up chasing away investment and it costs average taxpayers and it costs average citizens the most. Ms. Notley won't agree to that. And it's the, re the reason for that is she wants to increase corporate taxes, which are going to, once again, chase out investment, just like it did last time. Alex says, please tell us one specific policy your opponent has put forward that you agree with and why. Very early on in the UCP mandate, uh, it was under the former Premier uh, Jason Kenney, they introduced the uh, Alberta Indigenous Opportunities Corporation as a means to uh, expand Indigenous participation uh, in our economy. We like it. We're going to expand it. Another one was uh, they expanded uh, uh, funding of uh, the film and TV tax credit. And that was a good idea. It's, it's, it's brought more excitement into our industry. We will absolutely maintain that. I'm very proud of both of the, uh, the initiatives that, that Ms. Dotley mentioned. The uh, Indigenous Opportunities Corporation has been so successful, I think, in addressing true economic reconciliation. And the film and TV tax credit brought the last of us here, which I think all of us feel pretty excited when we watch that uh, on the big screen. We are now going to head to our closing remarks. Each leader will have 90 seconds. I first want to say how much of an honor it's been to be your premier for these last seven months. I've been overwhelmed by the generosity and kindness of Albertans that I meet every single day. These last three years have been difficult for all of us. And now the wildfires are testing our resolve as a people once more. But I know that together we will overcome every challenge we face, whether it's a pandemic, a flood, a fire, or economic headwinds. We will take care of one another and we will move our province forward to a better future. My commitment to each of you, if re-elected, is to serve you with everything I have and to the best of my ability, however imperfect that may be at times. I will continue to focus on growing and diversifying our amazing economy, making life more affordable and our communities safer, and improving healthcare for all Albertans. And I will carefully listen to you and my UCP caucus, because whatever I may have said or thought in the past while I was on talk radio, Albertans are my bosses now, and my oath is to serve you and no one else. I love this province and everything it stands for. We are a land of entrepreneurs and innovators, of pioneers and farmers, of families and communities, a place where the best and brightest come from every corner of the world to join us in building one of the greatest places on earth to live and work and raise a family. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Tonight, ask yourself, who do you trust to build a better future? Who will focus on the things that actually matter to you? Now, Ms. Smith has spent her entire career campaigning for Albertans to pay out of pocket for basic health care. She's also campaigned to pull Alberta out of the Canada Pension Plan, something that would create huge instability in your retirement. Today, she was found to have broken the law by interfering with our justice system. This is just not how our province should be run. Every day is a new drama. You just don't need to put up with this. Enough is enough. So my offer to you is stable, predictable, thoughtful leadership that you can count on. It's time to get back to the things that matter to people. I will make life more affordable, capping car insurance and lowering your utilities. 
I will support our entrepreneurial spirit by cutting to zero small business taxes and creating more jobs. And because I'm a passionate about making sure your family has health care you that you always need without paying for it, I have a balanced costed plan to make sure you get a family doctor. So that is a better future for Alberta. Now, you may not always agree with me, and I may not have always gotten it right, but I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. If I am Premier, again, I will work daily to um, earn your trust and to focus on your priorities. Well, between stake on the shirt and the markets being red, I think there's going to be a lot of subtle indicators for someone to have a rare stake tonight. Let's take a look at these prices here. Cash barley is holding steady at 405 a metric. Feed wheat's down a dollar to 404 a metric. And corn's holding at 388 a metric. Moving to the milling wheat markets, July Minneapolis futures are down 13 cents to 815 per bushel, with local hard red spring bid for May movement at 1015 per bushel delivered. In the oil seeds, nearby canola futures are, you guessed it, down $3 a ton to $700 a ton even, with delivered values for May movement at $16 per bushel. Continuing on to the pulse markets, nearby red lentil prices are trading at $0.34 cents per pound, and yellow peas are holding at $11.25 per bushel. Finishing up with the cattle markets, June live cattle are actually the only futures months that are down right now. They're down $0.10. Cents. The rest of the futures months are actually green and up at the moment. But June is down 10 cents to 165,500 per hundredweight. For more information on pricing and picked up on farm options, give me a call at 403-394-1711. I'm Mike Van Dyke at Marketplace Commodities. Accurate real-time marketing information and pricing options. Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Without the CSSA, our gun rights would have been taken long, long ago. These guys are on the front lines helping to draft smart and intelligent firearms regulations and legislation in Canada, and more importantly, educating the public about how we keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. To become a member, it's absolutely worth every penny. You can become a Western Standard member for just $10 a month or $99 a year for unlimited access.